Hi, hello, and welcome to Becoming Grown, a safe space for 20-somethings trying to figure their lives out. As the month of love comes to an end, I figured it's fitting to talk about dating, especially dating in Gen Z, dating in your 20s, and everything that comes with that. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk past relationships that I've been in what I've learned and my experience is now so let's just hop right into it all right let's talk dating in Gen Z personally like I said last week I don't like dating in Gen Z I don't understand it and I don't understand the the hookup culture. I don't understand the the situationships that that's just something that's never really interested me. But I think that's just purely based on how I grew up and the things that I want for myself. That's just not me and that's never going to be me. But let's get into how I got there how I developed my ideals for a relationship and how I started to view relationships and how I romanticized life, basically. Coming from a retired lover girl. Well, my background in terms of how I grew up, I grew up with just my mom, me, and my sister. And... I decided from a very young age that I wanted the picket fence. I wanted the the husband and the kids and I wanted a whole family unit. Not knocking the single families out there because I grew up in one. But I just want I want something different for myself. I want love. I want I want the challenges that come with being in a relationship I want to be like those people who say oh we've been married for 50 years and I still love my husband to this day like I did the first time we met that's what I want for myself but that sounds very romanticized and it doesn't seem realistic in this day and age but that's what I want and it doesn't seem crazy to me because I know that it's out there I feel like it's just how you maneuver and who you meet and just meeting the right person. But let's backtrack a little bit. Let's get into my history, my relationships. And we're going to go with the very first and how and the and the things that that taught me. Going into my first relationship, family friend. It was nice um He showed me chivalry. He was also my first kiss. And it wasn't my first love. I wouldn't classify it as that. But that was also the first time that I got broken up with over a text. And I hate that, but you're going to hear that pattern throughout all of my relationships. But (laughs) we're going to get into that. And that one, 
that first one. That was the first hurdle you get over. You don't really know what you're doing. And you say things and you don't know how to communicate and all these other things. And I was young. But what I heard from him was that he regretted how things ended. And it shouldn't have ended. And I I took that as a pat on the back because that was a boost to my character. It was a... It just showed that I take relationships very seriously. I It's one of the top priorities in my life. I know that's not the same for everybody, but it is for me. Love is one of my top priorities because I want that genuine love. Outside of that familial and friendship love, I want a romantic love. And that's not a bad thing. And then going into my first love... I did a lot of things. Um, That love was a consuming love. That one, that one taught me a lot. We were together for almost three years. Hell, I even moved to Canada to be with him. And that love, it was a learning love. It it showed me a lot and to be honest I was treated like shit Um, but I was so blinded by the love that I had for him that I let it I let him treat me anyway I hell I I even stood by and let him break down my self-confidence even lower than what it was before. And I let him talk about my weight and all those different things. And he made me feel so small. But that was towards the end of the relationship. At the beginning, you, it wasn't like that. It was, it was beautiful. It was romantic. It was long distance. And I found out that I am one of those people who can handle long distance relationships. But... Because I feel like if you're the, if the relationship is worth it, if that person is worth it, the distance doesn't matter. And that was very clear. And then I had to move out of Canada. And I was going to be coming down to Orlando to study my current degree. And this was like a few years ago. And I was once again broken up with overtax. (laughs) Two and a half years or two and a half plus years for a message overtax at my job. I found that very telling of how things ended. But I've always been the kind of person where I, when I say that I love you, when I say that, You mean something to me, whether we are together or not, whether you're friends or not, I'll always be there for you. And that was, that was surely taken up on and I got my feelings hurt all over again a year later, but that's a story for another day. And then came the next relationship. 
which made me feel like my first love wasn't a love at all. It made that love feel like an infatuation and this love felt real where there were arguments and it felt like a genuine relationship where we worked on things and I genuinely felt like a better person following that relationship. And I feel like that one, when that one ended, that one hurt the most. I I knew I changed and I grew up a little bit after that relationship. And that was a whole, that was a whirlwind. That one was also long distance. And that opened my eyes to a different kind of love. Uh, that was a romantic kind of love. That was a make playlists for each other kind of love. And I loved every minute of that one. And that one ended just like the others before. Because I've never been the person to, to leave. I've always been the person to be left. And that changed after the next relationship we're going to get into. My last relationship. My last relationship. I'm grateful. Extremely grateful for that one. Because that one happened when I was going through a lot. That one made me grow up a lot and realize things that I didn't know that I needed to realize. That one it was my real learning love. Where I healed wounds that needed to be healed. And I've really become the person that I am right now. And how I see romance and love. That love. That is a love that I'm going to remember. And that's one of those people that you want to keep in your life long term. But you know how life goes and time goes. You never know if that's actually going to be. Uh, that's going to be the case. And it's not in a sense where I want that person to be in my life for a romantic reason, but more so because it felt like I was dating my best friend and I had never experienced that before. And that's the kind of chemistry and bond that I want for my future relationship or relationships. And now that you know my history, let's get into, well, what's going on now. Well, I'm online dating. And to be honest, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the having the same conversations over and over and over again. But how else do you expect to meet people nowadays? And it's just, it's always, oh, it's either sex or great conversations that lead nowhere. And it's, how do I describe it? It's kind of disheartening, especially when I'm a, I'm a wet pad girly. And if you know, you know. But if you don't, that means I, I read these romance novels from a very young age. And that kind of shaped my, my love map and how I view romance and relationships. So I, the things that I want, I want that. 
And I know relationships aren't pretty or perfect, but I want to be loved wholeheartedly. And I don't think I've ever experienced that. And this online dating thing, it's just exhausting. Beyond exhausting. And I'm starting to feel like, well, what's the point? But how else do I expect to meet people, you know? So, we're going to get into conversations. Like, you now have to come up with witty banter instead of just simple hellos. People will ask for your Snapchat or Instagram or your phone number. They'll talk for a little bit. It'll fizzle out. It'll figure out that they're a weirdo. And then you move on. And then the cycle continues. And I feel like, I don't know if it's that I have like a certain look that I have on my face where I, <laughs> I don't seem approachable in person. But I don't know. I feel like personally I'm going to probably meet a great person or my next person in person. Maybe that's just the romantic in me. Like being in a grocery store and you're meeting somebody. Just like It feels so old-timey when I say that, but I don't know. I just have a feeling that that's how it's going to be. And then you've got to go into the dating apps and there's Tinder and Hinge and Bumble and everything else. And each dating app has a different meaning and it's all so exhausting. But because our attention spans are so short and it's all solely based on looks and image and then you start talking and you feel like, oh, they're a great person or they seem like a great person. And then they're not who they seem or, like I said, the conversation just dies out. So I've learned to not expect anything from anybody. And I think that's just the exhaustion talking. And I, dating right now, yes, I'm open to it. But I'm ready to meet my person. I have this saying that I say where... Every person comes in your life for a reason. They're a lesson. But I'm tired of my lessons. I'm ready for the blessing in my life. So, if you're out there, I'm patiently waiting. And I'm manifesting for my person to come in. Because I believe in soulmates. I, I do. I believe in strong connections that go beyond space and time, however corny that may seem. Or maybe that's just the romantic in me. I don't know. You tell me. What are your point of views on dating and romance? I'd love to hear it. And I'll catch you next month. I can't believe that we're already in March. Or going into March. This year is flying by and... Next thing I know, I'll be graduating, and that's terrifying. But we'll chat next week. I love you, and have a great week. Bye.